Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen. What's good and welcome to NVC, IGN's Nintendo podcast for the week of November 24th. This is episode 536. It is a super mega question block spectacular <laughs> here for y'all on Thanksgiving week. And joining me, which is I'm your host, Jan Garcia. Joining me is Brian Altano. Hello. It's good to be back. I feel like I haven't seen any of you in ages, except for it's Tom. It's literally been like a like month. Network. Yeah. It has been a wild. Uh, mm -hmm. Tom Marks. Hi. And Brendan Graber. I'm back. And just kicking off uh, the tone of this episode, Alan Michael over on the Facebook group asks, yo, how y'all doing? It's a good question. Good. Good? Tired yeah. and hungry. I would like my food this week, this Thanksgiving week. <laughs> I don't like that everyone answered that with like a little bit of fear in their souls. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's just 2020. Yeah. This is that, this is, for, for, for many people, there's that, that time of year where like the teacher puts on movies. You know, <laughs> like, like we're almost, we're almost there, but you're also kind of like, you're still a teacher. Like at any given moment, there could be a test. And so I think we're like, we're ready to watch movies, but nothing about this year has made me really go. There will not be a test. Yeah. Also watching <laughs> movies, dangerous. Please stay home. Uh, a bit of housekeeping for you before we jump into this. Uh, we are recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, it's sort of a weird week because a lot of people are taking Wednesday off for the holidays. Um, so if anything crazy happens after Tuesday, 
we obviously haven't commented on it. I don't have my opinion on Nintendo's new cardboard boxing gloves or whatever nonsense will be coming out. Um, but we will buy it. So whatever it is, just know that we are all buying it. Um, Brian actually already bought one somehow. So somehow it's already here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, already already got the pre-order in. Uh, and then I'm just hosting because of scheduling reasons, similarly. Uh, some super quick news I did want to touch on, though, that dropped, I think, like yesterday or two days ago or so. There is going to be a new The World Ends With You game. This was the Nintendo DS cult classic, The World Ends With You, is now getting another entry, which is going to be a prequel called Neo, The World Ends With You. And that drops on PS4 and Switch, summer of 2021. Are any of y'all World Ends With You fans? Uh, I, I I liked this game, but didn't play a ton of it. And mostly I just thought it was super stylish and I'm excited to see kind of what they're going to do with it in, in the modern day. Also, how can the world end with you if this is a prequel also? That doesn't make sense. If Why the are world- there so many Final Fantasies? Beat right, me to it. Yeah. The world will eventually end with you. There are yeah. three never-ending stories. Yes. Before the world ends with you neo the world ends with you uh summer 2021 uh yeah anyone else looking to pick this up i don't know brian i, mean, I have friends who won't shut about it so that means it must be good i also have the i think we might have some of the same friends uh <laughs> which is just as i feared um so yeah i might check that out because that was a very uh acclaimed game on the ds uh, jumping right into our question block spectacular, Jonathan Perry over on the Facebook group wants to know what was your favorite game on Switch this year? Ooh, that's such a hard question. And Indeed. I think this can just be a game you played a lot. I don't think it needs to be a game that came out on Switch or is exclusive. But what what were you mainly sinking your hours into? Okay, then probably Hades. Mm. I think probably <laughs> that's the answer. Yeah, because I played I've I've played Hades mainly on PC, but uh yeah that that game is the one i have continuously come back to this year consistently even before it was out on switch when it was still in early access it was a game i was going i cannot wait for this to leave early access so yeah that that has consumed my year for sure um probably animal crossing for me even though i kind of dropped off on it pretty hard it uh got it got the world through a lot at some point this year and it also like selfishly let me work with a bunch of really cool people that I've always wanted to work with. Like um, we were hosting these animal crossing charity streams and all these people who were playing animal crossing uh, jumped on and, and joined us. And it was just a blast to just see that, that kind of love getting thrown around for charity. But recently uh, Pikmin three has been consuming tons of my time because it's like my kid's favorite game to watch. And so all the, I have the next-gen consoles. I want to play them. I want to sit down and play PS5 and Series X, but my kid every morning is like, Dada, Pikmin, fight the bad guys. And so, <laughs> yeah, like, she, we drop her off at, like, you know, uh, like, uh, her, she goes to her daycare. There's, like, two other kids there, and she gets there, and her daycare person's like, how you doing? And she's like, we fought a spider, and he dropped the melon. And it's really hard to explain that. Um, and the lady's like, that's nice. That's okay. But so, yeah, Pikmin 3 is wonderful. If you haven't played it, uh, or you played it a long time ago, give it a shot. It's it's super great on Switch. Tom knows. He reviewed it mm-hmm. months ago. <laughs> years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. Brian, did, did your kid ever realize that her favorite villager is not coming back? No, no, no. Luckily, we we haven't talked about that incident ever since, but I'll check in. <laughs> Still sleeping. Still what sleeping. about you, Brendan? What have you been playing on Switch? I think it has to be Animal Crossing, just because of when it happened, it was like, the thing everybody was playing together i was like i had i attended a birthday party uh for mark medina and animal crossing i had like a uh a, a semi kind of podcast like game club discussion in animal crossing in my house in my, my like my attic room we were all just yelling at each other for like 45 minutes like there's so many cool things people have done in that that space that it's kind of you know i haven't played as much in the last couple months my time in there is unforgettable yeah, for sure. I think it's also my favorite just because I've put so many. I actually haven't put as many hours as I thought I might have. I think I'm currently at over 290. So I guess that that is a lot. It's getting up there. Um, I love that game so much and I'm still playing it. Uh, Timmy Bart over on Facebook asks, if Nintendo could steal one PlayStation and one Xbox franchise and make them Nintendo exclusive, what would you have them steal? That's a tough is that one. Like, is wow. that like them putting their own spin on it? Yeah. yeah. They can put their own spin. 
Okay. I think they'd have to because it's like I mean I like I have all the consoles I play I play them all regularly so that would just be like it's like oh you just made the graphics worse in in a franchise I love. <laughs> and the screen smaller so and the screen smaller but I, I can play a, it anywhere in a I year where I don't go anywhere I have a super cheating answer for Xbox Banjo Kazooie oh that's a good one give me my banjo back yeah that's just retaking banjo because that's what that would be like. Technically, we're only counting that off of like nuts and bolts, right? Was the only Xbox exclusive in that in that series? But yeah, Banjo. Uh, I think also Nintendo could do some cool stuff with like Ratchet and Clank. Maybe I, I was I was actually that's exactly where my brain was going too. Like I feel like if they if they merged that with Mario, like if mm-hmm. made this just like crazy 3D action platformer, um, there was a little bit of Ratchet and a little bit of Mario. I think that would, that would be a good fit. Nice, Brendan. What are you stealing? Uh, I don't have the word stealing so much as collaborating without asking, maybe. Um, it would oh, be a lot of content is made. <laughs> exactly. And a lot of DMCAs. Um, it's hard because a lot of like Sony exclusives to my mind, like don't lend themselves well to what Nintendo kind of focuses on. Like, unless you're looking at making Bloodborne Kart a reality, which I totally think should happen, then that should be a Nintendo game. Um, but yeah, like, I think Ratchet and Clank is the most, like, is the, the, the forerunner for, like, oh, yeah, that'd be perfect as a Nintendo game, like, and having their unique spin on things. But, uh, like, on the Microsoft side also uh, with Banjo Kazooie, like, I want to see another perfect dark. So if Nintendo can make that happen, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. That, that's a really good idea. I was thinking, um, on the Microsoft side, Halo, because if you took Halo Infinite and you combined it with Metroid Prime 4, two games that are notoriously in development hell forever, maybe they will combine to create one game that we can play soon. <laughs> like two, two wrongs yeah. making it like sort of like two dimensional portals colliding and creating a new universe. Yeah, but if you if you do the, the bad version of that and then you just get b- the delay from both the, mo- the most delayed game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's high risk, but also high reward. Halo was also one of my first thoughts just because it'd be sort of silly to take, like, the thing that's the biggest deal. Um, Also, the idea of that running on Switch is kind of funny, though they do have the old, like, when you toggle, if you have the collection, you can toggle to, like, the old original version. And I think that's about where the Switch can really shine, Mm -hmm. like, that level of of, uh, of fidelity. Uh, For me, the obvious answer, outside of, like, the Xbox One, because there's not a lot of Xbox franchises, uh, and even fewer that lend themselves well to Nintendo, uh, I'm taking Astrobot. I'm taking Astrobot and I'm making some of the best platformers ever. Uh, I adored Rescue Mission, uh, which was only playable via PSVR. Uh, I really loved the tech demo, Astro's Playroom, and it it already feels so much like a Nintendo game in the sense of its really quality platforming that is just really interesting and cute and charming and lovable. So it's like, boom, yep, I want that on Switch. That would be my answer. Um, Tom, this is a question specifically for you. Um, This is from not a pickup artist on Twitter. Uh, It's a two-part question. One is, I have a really important question. What pie is Tom Marks baking for Thanksgiving? Likewise, Devin over on Twitter wants to know, is your middle name Randall? So, uh, pie, probably pumpkins. Keeping it simple this year because my family is doing a socially distanced sort of thanksgiving very 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 small far apart sort of thing to keep it responsible um but uh yeah so probably keeping it simple with pumpkin beyond is gonna be so mad because my middle name is randall what got it congratulations it only took a year and a half but it happened None of you were prepared for this. No, like, this is like this is our live reaction. We do yeah. not like. I feel like it just more shows that we don't prep this as thoroughly as people might think. <laughs> but this also answers a question that like Isaiah had asked me, which is if someone guessed the name, would he admit that it yeah. was? And I'm like, I don't know. Oh, I'm just gonna, like string I just, everyone along forever. I just pinged the entire the a podcast beyond Slack <laughs> channel. In all caps, I said, Tom's middle name is Randall, just revealed on NBC. Breaking. Oh, man. I don't know why, but like for some reason, I feel the need to cry. And I feel like that says more about me than it does about this. Yes, it's a moment. It's just, oh, man. This is like the highlight of my journalistic career. You have no mm-hmm. idea. This, um, is, this is wild, too, because this is like 
Phil Spencer going on a Nintendo treehouse and announcing the release date for like <laughs> Halo Infinite, right? Like this is just like it it's like why is this happening on NBC? Because oh, someone asked the right question. Good job, Daddy. Oh man. Oh jeez. There's not we should just end the show here. It's not gonna be that. Um unfortunately we still have a lot of time to fill. We so Joe Arvich over on Facebook uh says my girlfriend has been interested uh recently in playing games with me, but I've really struggled to find Switch games that support two player co-op for someone who is new to games. On PC, we've played things like Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time and Castle Crashers. But beyond Snipperclips or any Mario games, do you have any suggestions about really good co-op games for someone who's new to gaming? Uh, Minecraft Dungeons was my my first go-to. Um, and I think if things go well from there, you can play stuff like Diablo and Nine Parchments. I find those games to be like very inclusive for people who don't play a ton of video games because they're pretty forgiving in uh, how much they push back, but also they're really rewarding in how fun they are, um, and they're great for co-op. Uh, on top of that, um, I'm trying to think, what are some other really good... Like, I know... Like, I, I actually really love the the new Super Mario Brothers games for this. Um, they definitely get a little crazy, uh, especially when you start adding more players, but I think, like, two or three players is a, is a great sweet spot. You don't have to 100% the game, um, but just going through the main levels... Super fun and co-op. Or I'd even take that one step, not further, but like one step to the side and say not even the new Super Mario games, but 3D World. Like whenever the 3D yeah. World port on Switch comes out, I think 3D World's a, a really accessible version of Mario in that way because there's just like a big playground to run around and you can take a lot of different paths and go a lot of different ways. Um, I'd also suggest uh, a game I was literally just thinking about and now can't remember. So move on to Brendan and come back to me. Did you play did you play co-op in Pikmin 3? That's what I was gonna say. Hey There you go. I knew I knew I knew that was it. I knew yeah, that was it. Pikmin 3, um the time pressure gets to a lot of people, but the easy mode in that game, uh, which you can switch to on the fly for levels, uh, or kind of from your save file or whatever, uh easy mode basically makes the timer not an issue like the daytime, the the length of a day is way, way, way more forgiving. And I think that game is really fun in co-op and the entire campaign can be played in co-op and picking three deluxe. So that could be a good thing for someone who's new. Cause they can just sort of like run around and do what they want. And like, you know, if they don't quite get it, it's like fine. Cause you can just do it together and play casually. And it's, it's great. I will say also um, slightly lesser known, but death squared and mm. uh, is a really fun yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. You basically play yeah. as these cubes, and you climb on top of each other and solve puzzles and levels, and it gets it gets very fun and very frantic. And also, um, did, did they mention Overcooked or Moving oh, yeah. Out? Yeah, was, those, are, gonna, those are... Yeah, I was going to suggest, if you um, ever are in a position where you don't want to be dating your girlfriend anymore, <laughs> Overcooked is uh, really helpful for that. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it also really depends on, you know, what their interests are, because, like... There are a lot of like really chill puzzle games like Snipper Clips, uh, Box Boy and Box Girl. Yeah. Um, if you want to have that puzzly approach that take your time versus the more frantic overcooked, which I think has some some difficulty options to kind of tone things down or New Super Mario Brothers. Um, I'd also I really liked uh, Kirby Star Allies hmm. co-op. Right. Um, it was it kind of got it gets chaotic, but it's never like difficultly chaotic. It's just like fun explosions chaotic. Oh, um luigi's mansion right doesn't that have co-op yeah, in it that is yeah that's that you seems know. like a super super chill co-op game you, to play. you do have to play a little bit to open up the co-op like you have to uh we have, of course we have a page on that in our guide <laughs> of course because i wrote it um but yeah like so you, that that is something to be aware of if you want to do that you'll have to play a little bit on your own to like open up where goichi can be there but that's a pretty fun co-op one too there's so many Games Gooigi. on Switch that are that are Gooigi, yes. Um, who, who I can't believe they did that. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the fact that Tom's name's Randall. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, is that distracting anyone else's entire existence? Um, for me, there's a lot of different games that I play co-op on Switch. I think it depends on what kind of experience you want to have to kind of echo Brendan's uh, sentiment because there are some games that are, like, less gamey, like Uno. Like, Uno is a card game, but playing that on Switch is actually really fun. You can do co-op against, like, AI or online people um jackbox obviously is really fun but also once again not really a traditional game when we think of like co-op games um there's a game called super one more jump that i really adore it does get very hard but like you don't gotta finish the game just 
just you know just leave it to the side but it's a one button input game and you can play co-op and it's basically like you're on like a a track it's very simplistic and you just hit a to jump and then you're just trying to get to the end and it switches like off like okay now it's your turn or you're the pink one so you have to like wait and watch and it's super super exciting um that super game mario rules. Maker 2, yeah super mario maker 2 that has co-op um mm-hmm. local like i would play that a lot with my brother um geez so many there's just like honestly oh, so many the games. super mario party has a uh multiplayer mode for like yeah. team battles which is really fun yeah that's a good one too uh mario kart obviously um I could probably go on for a real long time, but I'll kind of just end it with um, part-time UFO. I just started playing that. It's by Hal Laboratories, and it's fantastic. It's also very simplistic. It's essentially just a crane game and a balancing game. It does have a puzzle element in the sense that you have to think through what you're doing, but um, it supports one to two players. It's very cute. You can, like, customize little UFOs. Uh, I'm having a really good time playing that, and it's super cheap. It's, like, $8. You know what's weird about that game? I I played it on mobile and bounced off of it immediately. Just it did not stick at all. And then I bought I picked it up on Switch because I was like, I, I heard this game is awesome. Let me give it a better another chance now that I have controls. And I loved it. Like I'm I'm like slowly making my way through hundred percenting it, like every puzzle. It's it's so much fun. You know what? You know what game also has co-op? I'm scared. Across S1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it does. And it's I mean it's not like fun i feel like i hate that it's not fun (laughs) (laughs) what a great box quote girlfriends beware it's not fun it's literally just playing playing picross but you're both putting blocks down right like it's and if you like picross it's fun to do you know with someone else but it's not like different it's just picross and i love picross so you know that's so funny um yeah so if you want to have a bad time take Two of Tom's suggestions. (laughs) Also for Overcooked, I will say that Overcooked 2 I found to be way easier and better. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's better designed, honestly. I think it's just a better game. So Yeah, um, I think I have more options. Yeah, and I think, I'm not sure if the Overcooked All You Can Eat is coming to Switch as well, because they have like that bundle with both the games and all the DLC. But if that is coming to Switch, I would just get that version, because then you get everything, and you can kind of run the gambit. Uh, But yeah, so many great options. Uh, Sam Forsey over on Facebook says, Now that Zelda has two Musou games under its belt, what other genres do you want to see Nintendo explore with the Zelda series? Yeah, we've gotten Rhythm Game, right? With with the Crypt of the Necrodancer crossover. We've gotten Mm -hmm. Musou games... We've gotten Link's crossbow training. Yeah, which is, I was reading, that is, that is like in the, I think it's in the top five best-selling Zelda games. The crossbow training? <laughs> I love that. Right. Yeah, and it's just crazy. I mean, the, the Wii was obviously, um, you know, in its, in its, in its old, own world. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, would, I would love uh, sort of like a return to... Uh, like Zelda two style game, but fused with a little bit of sort of like um, Dead Cells, like something that's like mm. a twitchy action platformer, um, you know, procedurally generated with uh, you know roguelite elements. All those fun buzzwords we love here in video game town, um, but with just like like hardcore sword fighting stuff, like and spells, like what Zelda had or Link had in Zelda two. I also think uh, Link's Awakening paved the way for an actual dungeon maker, like a dedicated dungeon making game, mm-hmm. which would be fun. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think, I think, Brian, you probably hit what I would want too, is like not even necessarily a roguelike, but just like a, a Zelda game that's like 2D with real fast action, right? Like, mm-hmm. Or like a Zelda game with like, either like Dead Cell style combat or like Castlevania style combat, which I know are like the opposite ends of the spectrum in that regard, but like that type of game where it's like not what you'd think of of Zelda combat in like a 2D way. I think that would be, that could be really cool. I would love to just slowly throw a chain at an enemy from like two feet away, trying not to die. That's like my association <laughs> with Castlevania. And going up those damn stairs. I want to struggle up those stairs. As yeah. Like- um, the first thought I had for this, the first thought I had was visual novel because I love visual novels, and then I immediately started laughing to myself because Link doesn't talk. So how? <laughs> Unless you bring the CDI voice actor back in. And then yeah, and then I realized I'm like they asked what like I'd like to see next. Now what would be a good idea? Like whenever there's these questions, I'm like, what development team would you like to be on? I'm like none. I'm can't make games. Please don't put me on any team. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I would like to see what they do with that. 
um, it'd probably be bad. Um, I've been less sanic uh, as over on Facebook. Nintendo's franchises are coming over for a winter pot. Who's bringing what? Who embarrasses themselves? And who didn't get the invite? These are franchises, not characters, franchises. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, I know that uh, Metroid didn't get the invite because they yeah. never celebrate their anniversaries. <laughs> That's, that's is that is that is that Metroid's fault or Metroid's friends' fault though? <laughs> that's for, like, not, the invite didn't happen. Like they're not. Yeah, they're like, not maybe they, it should it be on them to throw their own birthday party. I feel like that's something that their friend. Uh, this is a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like well, when's your birthday? Like, do you also like tweet out like, oh, it's my birthday, so people know to tell you happy birthday? You yeah. can't do it like that. You have to be really sly about it. Like you have to be like, I got this for my birthday or like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And this is my best birthday ever. And then people go, oh, I had no idea. I can't believe I'm going to turn remember that. Age I'm, this year. Coming up mm-hmm. in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I like giving yourself a nickname. You can't, you know. I feel like Star Fox probably embarrasses itself because it'll be like, <laughs> it'll show up at the potluck and bring like Star Fox Legends 2, you know, like it'll or, or like oh, Star Fox thanks. Zero plus one and like everyone will be like All right, thanks thanks star fox this is okay but thanks i hope kirby's bringing the spicy curry mm-hmm. Ooh. um i, I feel like some llama milk uh, if, if zelda's coming over yeah i mean if zelda's coming over there's a lot of stuff that they can cook right since since so the but they're on like their own cooking station so like all right got yeah. this. yeah it could be like when you go to the one of those like uh, like all-inclusive resorts that have like a there's like a guy making omelets in the morning <laughs> except it's you know? like or can you go to a fancy wedding and there's just a guy in the corner and he's like what would you like I'm like wow you're rich um mario mario is definitely bringing like the green bean casserole with the mushroom sauce right why can't like i feel like there was a he was eating pasta for a while right like that's like the when, thing when he falls when he falls asleep in mario 64 he's like he goes, oh, spaghetti, oh, rigatoni. <laughs> yeah. It's a really unfortunate idol animation. They're like, what if we do idol animation but make it, like, racially stereotypical? <laughs> like, he could have just slept. Like, you didn't need to add in. Do you in hear those uh, voice clips from the, uh, the Mario vs. Donkey Kong? Where he's, yeah. like, mumbling in Italian, and it's, like, no. really, he's, like, he's, like, yelling at Donkey Kong, and he's, like, hey, Donkey it's really funny. <laughs> Please link me to that after the show. I really want to tell me the animation for it on, on Twitter. Oh, that's amazing. It's great. Um, yeah, I think that yeah. makes sense. I don't know what Star Fox is bringing. Disappointment. <laughs> See, I would go I'm with Kirby for the embarrasses themselves as a franchise, only because like I wasn't a fan of Star Allies. I know Brandon's the point of contention between the two of us. That's fine. We don't need to um, be friends. It's okay. Um, and then they came out with that uh, that weird like was it ba- that like it was like a free game on switch oh the clash yeah oh, clash royale or something yeah or, i don't know what it was but yeah, yeah it was a mini game one of, the, one of the other titles and they just made like a full-fledged free-to-play game yeah i feel um, like the uh there i feel like the we fit trainer is going to show up with like a tray of like julienne vegetables but also like a bottle of tequila and she's going to be like yeah. this, this is this is keto friendly and everyone's gonna be like you're crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a lot of people I didn't get the invite. Um, mm-hmm. There are F Zero. Nah, <laughs> I was gonna it's say over. it's over for F Zero um, until there's another like I guess slow switch year or something. That's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it'll be resurrected or something. Maybe that's what they're saving it for. Uh, we got a lot of questions related to either the next switch or like the next thing Nintendo does. So I sort of bundled these all together, and then I'll end it with like a simplified version of these questions. So um, Kevin Art uh, Ariola says. Should Nintendo do a home console only version of the Switch? Similarly, Kyle Tip asks, should the next Nintendo console generation have a bigger leap in horsepower compared to the generational half step from the Wii U to the Switch? And lastly, Coltic over on Twitter wants to know what uh, that Switch should be called. So basically, these questions are asking, what does the ne- next Switch or next Nintendo thing look like and what is its name? Dude, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> Like, can I just can I just level with everyone real quick? Because I know we're like we're on camera and we're supposed to like talking on a podcast. We're not supposed to know things. I don't know. Like we've been speculating. Everybody, in Randall's the world. really going off the rails here. <laughs> oh, no. We've been speculating about this for three years, right? And like, there's been nonstop rumors about what this the next thing would be. And at this point, it's just like 
I have no clue anymore. And like, yeah, maybe it'll be like a half step upgrade. Like the switch pro was rumored. Maybe it'll be, they'll just wait for the switch Two. maybe they'll go the iPhone route and just start like updating this system. Like I really don't know anymore. I'm, I'm lost in the woods to be completely honest. If there's one thing you always have to know, it's that Nintendo never does. Yeah. think they want, which they should do. They, they do their own thing. Mm -hmm. Regardless of, you know, whatever uh, Microsoft and Sony, like we have the best, like, uh, systems and the most horsepower and the most graphics. That's like, all right, that's cool. We're doing our thing. I will say that, like, I, I'm I'm over on Podcast Beyond talking PlayStation every week, and this was an incredibly frustrating year to cover that platform. And that was with a console that we barely knew anything about, even though we knew everything about it. We knew it was going to be a more powerful PS4 Pro, and we knew it was going to be called the PS5. We just knew those things. It would probably have a controller that was slightly better with some bells and whistles. Gee, guessed it. But still, we spent the entire year being like, what are they going to tell us the secrets? And they did. And we were like, that's exactly what we expected. With Nintendo, like Brennan just said, they swerve on you every single time. You're like, I know what you guys are doing. And they're like, oh, yeah? Guess what? You're a cardboard man now. And you're like, what? <laughs> no way. Whoa. Mario Kart films your house. You're out of your mind. You never would have guessed these things. And so... Yeah. Like who would have, whoever would have guessed the Wii U ever. And then like, especially after the Wii, you'd be like, Oh, they're, this is all about bringing people together. And they're like, no, we want you to be alone. We want you to be alone on a tablet in the corner of your room, but not too far from your television. Cause then it won't work. Maybe like 10 feet. Give yeah. And then I, they were like, sorry about that. We knocked it out of the park with this next thing. And now we're like supposed to guess what they're doing next. I honestly have no idea. I think if there's one sort of like, point of comparison that we can draw a line from that might be the safest bet but not necessarily a for sure thing by any means is a like uh the is what they looking at the model they did for the 3ds right because they made a switch light and so now they're probably like that that could mean that they're doing like the new switch or the switch plus sort of type thing that they did with the the 3ds and the ds where they basically iterated on their mobile on their handheld devices more frequently than they would their consoles. And if that's what they're going for, I think that would track. But beyond well, that point of comparison, I really, I'm with you. I, I don't know. That's such a great example too, because you would, you would think that after the success of the Switch or during the success of the Switch, no matter what they did next, it would maintain the philosophy of being a hybrid console. Right. And then they put out the Switch Lite. And they're like, no, nah, just kidding. <laughs> it doesn't go to your TV. It's tiny. <laughs> Why not? Screw it. Like oral, and I'm like, ooh, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I do think we'll see an iteration on the Switch. Like I think we'd get sure. like a Switch Pro. I don't know if it would be called a Switch Pro. I feel like that makes too much sense. Um, I did see some people like calling it maybe like seeing if it be the Super Switch or something. I think it's too old school. Um, I don't know. The Switch next. Switch you. It's like the NX. But you switch. switch. It's like blending them. Yeah, you switch. I switch. You switch. We all switch for switch. Um, or if it's a if it's a switch that just stays in the dock only, there's no handheld version. It'd be told, don't switch. <laughs> oh, I hate that. I, I don't know if they'd make a. I don't think they're gonna make a docked only version because I think that does go completely against the philosophy. I know they did it with the light, but I feel like making something that's only handheld is a lot more in line with like Nintendo's ethos than making something than making a thing that was a hybrid only a console. Yeah, I mean, um, that's also, what 2020 did that for me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I also feel like I, I do think they need to start kicking up the horsepower because I think the gap is becoming really big now. And I think right now it's fine because it's like we're early in current gen, new gen, like PS5 Series X era where a lot of these consoles aren't really fully utilizing the power like in terms of the development side of things. But once we get a few years into this gen, like two or three years out, like it's going to be increasingly harder to get any of those games to run on switch which just doesn't really matter too much but i think it is something to be aware of that i'm sure mm -hmm. nintendo is considering um which sort of brings us to our next uh comment question from sahar uh zavai over on facebook and they have a little bit of a, a little bit of conspiracy theory so get your conspiracy theory caps on it goes like this my theory is the cloud version of games is just a way for nintendo to release a pro version of the switch without leaving your their user base too disappointed you can either play control for example on your switch with the cloud version or you can play it natively on your super switch what do you think i like that i i mean uh, that's it's a it's a make good it's a it's a band-aid obviously like you know it's you can technically have access to those games if you have no other means. I think 
Um, those are sort of edge cases, but then again, we're like, we know people on staff, um, who beat the cloud version of control and enjoyed it. And it wasn't without hiccups, but it's, it's a cool option to have. So I'm all for that. Um, I do worry about that being, uh, the only kind of support we would see for, for third parties for a while, because I think that that does keep them from working on original stuff for the system, but also for sort of putting pressure on Nintendo to eventually make something more powerful. On the flip side, one of the best-selling games of the year was a collection of old-ass Mario games. And so, like, maybe it still doesn't matter. Like, I feel like they're going to clean up on Black Friday by being the only system that has any inventory on a shelf. You know, like, I I, I think that, like, they'll get there eventually, but um, I, I have a feeling they were in no rush to put out that Pro, and they, they weren't three years ago or two years ago when we started talking about this either. Um, I'd actually also, I think this is like a fair, a fine theory, but I would, I think I disagree with it in concept, um, primarily because you see Sony and Microsoft doing cloud gaming stuff too. I think the industry is just heading towards cloud gaming stuff in general and probably Nintendo experimenting with it now with things like Control or they did like Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, right? In Japan, um, I think that has more to do with the hardware now than it does about preparing for potential hardware in the future. Um, And in general, just testing the waters with cloud streaming, which is where, whether you like it or hate it, is where the industry is sort of angling towards as a whole in in the long-term future. Um, So yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily a way, it's obviously that would be a... um, a good way to bridge that gap for sure, which is why I think the theory is not like a bad one, but I, I'd, I'd be willing to wager that it has more to do with just like general <laughs> industry trends and the current marketplace than it does preparing for some future system. What do you like on this, Brendan? I agree with Tom. I, I think it's, that's, he's hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. They just, only- they, yeah. They don't, I'm sorry, but like, they don't like, I've never seen them be concerned about when, you know, the next gen games aren't coming to their consoles for multi-platform stuff. It's like, okay, Wii U has Batman Arkham City. That's all we need. Moving on. You want to play Donkey Kong 64? Get the expansion pack. No questions. They're not <laughs> worrying about the old launch N64 people. That is true. I, I'm I'm just more than anything, I think, if we follow Tom's um, version of this theory, surprised at the idea of Nintendo even caring to keep up with what's going on next in gaming. I think that in itself is just interesting because we don't really see that. Like, you know, with the whole, sure. I think we later might have some questions on like Game Pass and things like that. Like Nintendo doesn't really want to do what everyone else is doing, almost out of the point of stubbornness. or so, like, we don't do achievements. Why? Because that's not what we do here. And it's like, there's not really rationale behind it. It's just sort of like we choose to march to the beat of our own drum. So I'm, I'm still sort of surprised to see Nintendo even doing this. Sure. Um, hopefully that means that they're willing to be more fluid and adapt stuff so that they do stay relevant. Uh, obviously, we all love Nintendo here, and we I think we all think that they make amazing games, but like that's not always enough. So um, it's nice they are keeping up with these things a little bit. Uh, Kevin Osborne emails us, uh, which you can as well at NBC at IGN.com, and says, I'm playing Super Mario Galaxy for the first time, and I just got the spring power-up. Yeah, so what do you think is the worst power-up in the entire Mario franchise? <laughs> Good question. Oh, man. Mm. Can I... God, yeah, it's really tough. Can I go controversial? Yes. Yeah. Early on, Tanuki suit. What? You know, I was thinking make, that, too. It doesn't make any sense. How far do I need to know how I have to run? What, like, the mechanics of it drove me crazy as a kid. I didn't get it at all. Wow. That's actually, that's a really good one. It feels really... How dare all of you? It's, like, okay, so it's it's iconic and... There's no magic in your hearts. That's what I heard today. It's (laughs) hilarious and it's beautiful and incredibly handsome on him. It looks great. It's slimming, you know, um... But in practicality, like turning into a statue and standing still as a Goomba walks by you in a game where you're designed to jump on the Goombas is kind of dumb. Yeah, but then he goes, Tanuki, like, does that that mean nothing? (laughs) That's got to be worth like at least half a point, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's, that's okay. fine. I can Tanuki suit it up all on my own. It's so it is okay for me. I, I think yeah. Uh, I also say that real quick, real quick. The acorn on the spot, not remembering all of the power. No, I had to look these up because there's there's been so many power ups, and admittedly, like I have not played every Mario game. Like Super Mario Galaxy is still um pretty much like a gap for me. I'm working my way through the game now ish, sort of. Not really, haven't played in a long time. But yeah, there's a lot of different ones. I I don't like any of the um. I think the cape is like the best, like wait, one of the best ways to fly. There's probably other better ways if I really think about it. But like, I don't like some of the iterations on the same mechanic. Like, oh, what if you fly with the propeller hat? I'm like, this is just bad flight. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a bad version of flight. So like, I think <laughs> those ones, and especially because I'm like scarred by a Mario Maker 2 level that required you to like perfectly jump with the propeller hat and land this impossible thing. I'm like, I don't know who made that, but I know you're out there probably listening, probably not. Didn't like that. Didn't like that power up. So that is my my least favorite of the bunch. Didn't like the penguin suit either, to be honest. It's not great, no. Looking yeah. Good. And as it's far as the worst looking one would have to be the invisibility cap because you can't see it. But Boring. also, I think this is a good good thing about Mario is that even just thinking about these, and I'm like pulling up a list right now to just look at all the different power ups. Like Mario has some really good power ups. Like, even the bottom of the barrel ones are, like, still pretty fun. Like, the spring suit is, like, the spring mushroom is, you know, borderline. But, like, yeah, there's, a, like, they do a lot of fun stuff in that game, in those games for sure. P-Wing's kind of garbage. The P-Wing. It's easy mode. You yeah. Fly over the whole level I mean, it just, all you do, you just fly over the top of the, it's, it's Kirby mode, basically. Like, it's, it's yeah, in Mario 3. Yeah, but you want to be Kirby. <laughs> Is that not what we all aspire for? Is this not what we're what we're aiming to be? It's, I mean, it, it's it's just it's just kind of baby mode, you know, for babies. <laughs> all right, Bo Christopher says, <laughs> "Wizard appears and gives you an NBC host your secret Santa assignment for December 2020. If you were to gift a game to the co-host next to you, going clockwise, what would you gift them to play over their Christmas break?" So for me, clockwise to me is Brian, and as I was looking at this. I realized I don't know Brian's taste in games very much. So I'm going to just try and see. I don't know how I managed to not really pick up on what a, what is a Brian game, but I would go with, um, assuming that you haven't played it yet, let me know if you have, I would go with hashtag breakfastist battle because it's like a little arcade game. It's like, it's like breakout, but it has okay. really awesome music. And I know you make music. So I feel like at the very least, even if you don't think the game is that good, you will appreciate the funky tunes. So I... I have, a, I have a surprise for you. You uh, mentioned this game uh, a while back and you said it was on sale for like super cheap. Yeah. And I grabbed it based on your recommendation. And I did the thing I do that we all do with Nintendo Switch games where you buy it and then you buy other things and it just slowly gets pushed off of the grid into the ether and you forget about it. But it's still there. It's still installed and I will play it this week. Oh, yay. Let me know what you think. It is okay I if will. you're like, this game is ass. <laughs> that is fine. <laughs> Similarly, you gave me Melee 2, and I have, I didn't, you gave it to me, like, when I started working here, and I finally beat it, like, a week ago. And what I was, did I give you? Wakamelee 2. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? I wasn't that into it. I had I had some problems, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, this is a very wow. antagonistic yeah. gift-giving session, <laughs> all of a sudden. But that is my gift to Brian. So then, Brian, what are you giving Tom? God, what do you give the guy that has everything? God, this guy has played every game ever you made. You want to put him with that eShop gift card because that's the cop-out answer. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm going uh, <laughs> to dig deep on this one, but I'm sure he's played it. Um, have you ever played Cubivore for the Nintendo GameCube? What? No. Yeah, awesome. Okay. What is that so, game? Cubivore is a game that came out for the Nintendo GameCube and my real NBC heads from the past know what I'm talking about here. Um, this is a game where uh, extremely low poly animals um, uh, become friends and mate right. to, cre to create uh, new species of creatures. It weirdly went on to be one of the more rare GameCube games, uh, but huh. it's one of those like weird, charming gems that uh, like old school GameCube heads know about. And so I think you will like it. It is... It's extreme. Like I said, it's extremely low poly. Like it is. This is this is one of like the, one of the. I, now I want to say least effort, but like there are you will play an entire like five hours. Of this game is just a bouncing cube with like a tongue. Like it's there's <laughs> not a lot going on. Oh wow, people have uh, done fan art for it, which I shouldn't have clicked on. Anyway, that's that. You should play Cube of War. 
Okay. Tom. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Tom, what are you giving Brendan? Uh, I was actually, this is a really weird deep pull for, ab, for, for no reason besides I really wanted, I really want to talk about this game with Brendan. Oh boy. Uh, like, I want you to have played it. You might have played it. It's an N64 game called Space Station Silicon Valley. Yes. Yes, yes I have. Okay, good. Didn't Rockstar work on that? Did they? Yeah. <laughs> it's some random company. I, I think it might yeah. have been that. I guess y'all could have been talking about it the whole time then. This I is now whatever that game was episode. I don't, I don't know why this is the game that came to mind for you, but it feels like one of those. Yeah, it was Rockstar Lincoln, Rockstar North. <laughs> That's oh amazing. God. That's so weird. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted I, I just want you to play that and then us to come back and have a book club about it. I'll replay it because it's been a long time, but that is such a wild game. It is so weird. It's so weird. You're like a robot that you can go into these like robot animals and like take them over and then you have to solve puzzles and it's a 3D platformer. Weird. It's so strange. I can't even do it justice. It's All so the animals weird. have like really cool abilities. Yeah. Just like rocket powered polar bears. I want I want to like I want to read your wiki on that is why I want to give it to you. <laughs> I remember that being a really hard game though. So that might yeah, be a really that's tough the thing. Right. Maybe this is it. Maybe I just want you to solve it for me so oh, I can like, play it better. It's my white whale. <laughs> All right, Brendan, what is your gift to me? Um Which I feel like sounds more aggressive than I wanted to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of doing something more recent, but everyone's talking about kind of older games, so I might go that way too. Um, but then I'm not, I'm not sure if you you really like uh, platformer collectibles. I think you've had some fun with them, but I might be wrong. So this might just fall flat. But uh, an early N64 game I really liked was Rocket Robot on Wheels, which was made by Sucker Punch before they wanted to make Ghost of Shima and all that fun stuff. Um, it's like similar to the Banjo Kazooie vein, but you're in a uh, space station theme park and wait, you wait, go to different little worlds, uh, rocket robot on wheels. Okay. And it's got some really mm-hmm. inventive platforming puzzles. You unlock vehicles. You can build your own roller coaster. It looks so cute. It is very cute. It is. Yeah. It's that, I, I really like that game. That's so that really era where cool everything has eyes, I, which I appreciate that era, the era of everything having eyes. You're yes. You're trick. You're tricky to buy for Janet. I will say this because I can never really tell. There, there are like you have a you have a very specific like. First of all, you never bite your tongue on whether or not you love a game, which I love about you. But also, uh, there will be games where I'm like, this is a hundred percent Janet's ish, and then you'll play it and you'll be like, hated it, hated for every second. Of didn't it. like Undertale, but loved Deltarune. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah. And then you'll find you'll find some game that like that I'm like, there's no way that she's gonna latch onto that, and you're like, hundred percent of it, game of the year, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I never, I can never, this, I, you always keep us on, on our toes, which I, I appreciate. That's so funny. Um, I feel like my, my boyfriend's take on my taste, even though this is a very minimalist, like, slice, it's like, think square games, games with cubes. Like, uh, what was the game you just mentioned, Brian, for multiplayer, Death Squared? It's a cube game. Yes. And then, like, I, cause I played that with him a little bit and then I, I had him play Box Boy and then we're playing like part-time UFO, which is also like a game with some of the same people. And there's like just little square he's like whenever it's like a cute thing and there are squares like all these games he's like why do all your games have squares and I'm like i don't know <laughs> um but yeah i like cute stuff um but yeah i like a lot of different things i guess i am maybe a little bit hard to shop for <laughs> uh, sean thomas on twitter asked do you think the quick resume features and the next gen machines uh like services such as game pass mean that the switch will stop being your go-to place for indies so i'm gonna kind of add this question as well and ask like how has next gen or current gen i guess shifted where you're playing your games, if at all, especially in relation to Nintendo. Well, I've I've tweeted about this before, but and, and, and alluded to it earlier. But 2020 definitely shaped the way I play indies. Um, whereas I would de facto always every single time go directly to Switch to play them because I knew I'd be traveling a lot or like you know moving around a little bit more. Um, I would play them on Switch, but now um, I have you know, a Series X and I have a PS5 and I turn around and I'm like, well, let me check if this is on Game Pass. Let me check if it's on Steam. Um, and chances are it's it's cheaper on any of those platforms and it's readily available and I can just kind of spin around and play it. Whereas on Switch, I'm like, do I want to play, do I want to spend 30 bucks to play this game on Switch when it's on Game Pass for free or air quotes free? 
you know, included as part of my membership. So it's definitely changed a little bit. The quick resume thing is is great. It's a it's a really cool feature. I really love it on Series X. Um, the stuff that the PS5 is doing in terms of like pulling up an activity card and jumping directly to a level, super cool. I hope Nintendo adopts stuff like that. That doesn't necess- you know, ne- necessarily make me go, I want to play a game on one of those platforms. Um, if anything, I associate the Switch with like sort of colorful action platformers. So for whatever reason, they have my mind share there and it's easier to get me to play games like that on those things. That said, the DualSense controller is awesome. And if companies really start taking advantage of it and I have the option of playing a game that has like full on, you know, DualSense capabilities versus just playing it on Switch, I might be convinced to head in the PS5 direction. But yeah, we'll see. Frankly, the DualSense controller's best feature over Joy-Con is that it doesn't drift or disconnect. That's a big part of it. That is a huge, yeah. that is really nice. That has been like defin- that's, definitely that's, good. Like that's, that's, only hyperbolic. Extra mile. <laughs> that's hyperbolic of me, but real quick, like the the reason I play like since having to work from home and not really taking my switch on the train anymore, the reason I'm playing games elsewhere is not because of those other places new features. It's because like they are less of a hassle to play than on like a console that has drift. Like it just is so frustrating right now for me the the controller connectivity issues. And that's really what's influenced me more than anything else. Yeah. I think for me, it's just 2020 is just the year where I stayed home and that kind of, I don't know if, if 2021 is brighter, maybe I'll go back to playing these on switch if I am, you know, commuting again, but I have no idea at this point. Yeah, I still really just love playing indies on Switch. Um, I kind of echo Brian's sentiment with that DualSense. The DualSense is just really exciting. It it mm-hmm. works like incredibly. Uh, if you're a Nintendo fan and looking for like another your a new console, like I think that one's really exciting and it kind of shows the ways that it innovates in a way that I think the Switch did do a bit at launch and kind of has walked away from a bit. Um, it's super super exciting and I like. Um, even though I'm a guides writer and like the game help cards, like maybe our competition, like I like that they have that there. I think it's really interesting. Um, so I'm definitely playing more games on PlayStation five than I was expecting, but I still do love, I just love going to the eShop, hitting low to high and just going for a ride. That's like what I do. <laughs> Friday night, crack open a drink. I'm like, oh, you have a trailer bet $2. Let's go. Is this good or is it garbage? And then you just find out. And I really like that process and having that relationship with my switch. And moving on to out this week, I uh, just want to run through these really quickly. Not too much stuff, but there are a few games I want to highlight. Uh, My Aunt is a Witch. That is a visual novel where you're a witch's apprentice. It comes out November 25th for $9.99. I can't, if I can speak to the quality of the game, I will. If I can't, I'll just kind of move on, but something to keep an eye out for. Uh, Picross S5, a game that needs no introduction because Pear never stops talking about this franchise. That is out November 26th for $9.99. Uh, there's a interesting looking game called uh, Nordflick. North it's a point and click adventure. It looks kind of whimsical, has a storybook vibe to it. Uh, that's out November 26th for $3.99. There is a game called The Alto Collection, which uh, this originally came out on mobile and it has like sort of this relaxing, like nice aesthetic one button controls. Um, I guess a little bit puzzly in that sense of like trying to avoid the obstacles. Uh, that is $9.99 and reviews already exist for that one. So you can read more about that just across the internet if you're curious. And Grindstone still says fall of 2020. And I believe fall is over after November. So like, I don't know if we're going to get at least a hard release date on that or if that will drop or have a release date coming. But uh, please keep an eye out for that because holy cow, Grindstone is like one of my favorite games ever. It is so good. But also it kind of plays better on mobile. So kind of choose where you play it. But if you're going to just play it on Switch, be sure to check that out because it's awesome. Uh, And then the other thing I want to highlight is that from yesterday uh the 23rd at 9 a.m until december 2nd 1159 pt there is a huge sale going on at the nintendo eShop. there are a few real life physical deals uh, floating around there as well uh and the little tagline for it reads as such treat yourself this holiday season by saving up to 50 percent on select digital games in the cyber deals sales uh, which you can shop on nintendo and they have the little section on the eShop. they highlight a bunch of uh like games that I think people have already had on their radar, you know, like stuff like CTR, stuff like What the Golf, stuff like, um, I think there's uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions on there. There's like 
simple stuff like Just Dance or Sumara Party, all those. They also break it down by publisher as well. So you can like look at what Sega has on sale, what Devolver Digital has on sale. Um, I think now is definitely a good time too if you have like a wish list on your Switch to like check out your wish list and see if any of those games are on sale because chances are they might be. Um, are y'all planning on pick, hitting up the sale or picking up anything from here? I think I'm good, but I was oh, looking at it. Yeah. No, I have, I have, I have way too many games to play right now, so it, it would be yeah. irresponsible if I, if I bought more. Um, I will say that uh, two games I really love are Carrion and um, Link's Awakening. They're both on sale on the eShop sale right now. Link's Awakening never got a frame rate, frame rate patch, which I'm bummed about, but um, I think it's still really worth playing. I believe it's 20 bucks off. I think uh, also Fire Emblem is getting a big Black Friday sale, uh, like half off. It, I couldn't recommend it enough. Yeah, uh, also, if anybody is playing Hades <laughs> and loves it and is going, wow, this game is great, uh, Bastion and Transistor, the other two Supergiant games that are on Switch right now, are insanely cheap. Bastion's $3, Transistor is 4 uh, wow. Bastion is still one of my absolute favorite action games ever. Transistor, I liked slightly less, but I know a lot of people love, and it's still gorgeous and has all of the super giant sort of flair to it. So if you like Hades, $3 for Bastion is something I can easily, easily recommend. Yeah, and Hades is also on sale. It's part of that like super giant yeah. game sale. That one's not as crazy. It's like a $5 off, but like $5 off when it's a $25 product is kind of significant. Uh, I'd, I'd also like Hades so much that I'd recommend you wait for the sale to be over to buy it at twenty five dollars. Wow! Because <laughs> even then, it's it's like too cheap. That's next level. I'll be honest. <laughs> couldn't couldn't be me. I'm like I'm looking at the sale. Like damn, I bought like it, I bought the game like three days ago. I'm like oh, um, you know that's more money that I could have spent on stuff I don't need on the. And I don't I don't I don't mean to guilt anyone into then spending money they don't have. You know, do do you right. do you? But it's a good game. Yeah, that's like a huge uh, like point of accreditation to the game. Um, yeah, so let's move on to what we are playing. Uh, Brian, what are you playing? Uh, besides Pikmin 3, I'm uh, just getting started with uh, Hyrule, Age of the Breath of the Calamity Wild Warrior 3. Hyrule, <laughs> the next one. Whatever it's called. Um, I just started that, so I'm excited to dig into it. But yeah, I've mostly been wrapping up a bunch of uh, PS5 stuff. I'm a trader. What can I say? New consoles oh, came out. I got distracted. Tends to be the case. Tom? So many things. I'm just playing so many things right now. Uh, in terms of games on Switch, I'm also about to start Age of Calamity, which I haven't quite started yet. Uh, I am still playing Hades every single day. Um, I am playing a bunch of other stuff. If you do have a PS5 and are a Nintendo fan, I'd highly recommend checking out Sackboy Big Adventure because it's very Super Mario 3D worldy to me. Um, so fans of that game will be fans of it, probably. Yeah, just a lot of different things, though. And I'm genuinely very, very excited to jump into Age of Calamity, finally. Nice. Brendan, what are you playing these days? Uh, so last week, I was on the record for saying that I had just inched my way into Hades, but I'd not fully delved into it. So I had to over the weekend. And I think I hit that point where it's starting to make sense to me. I, there was a couple of rounds where I'm just like, okay, I mean, I had the bow. I'm doing somewhat good, but I keep dying to the first boss. One time I, I think I got past them. And I was like, oh, this isn't really clicking for me. And then I locked the spear. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is fun. Okay, now I'm really now I'm really doing this, and I just smoked with the first boss, smoked past the second boss, got all the way to the third boss, and just narrowly beat them. I'm like, all right, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing where the acclaim is coming from now, where the addictiveness of this, uh, being able to have these different weapons that totally reinvent your playstyle and the amount of different buffs you can get for them. So I can't wait to play more now. I'm, I think I'm getting hooked. I'm not, I haven't gone to like, oh yeah, this is game of the year territory yet, but this is definitely interesting me territory that's that's kind of where i went with that game too where i was like this is i love this it's very good i completely understand why people are hooked on it this is not my game of the year this is not in my top five that might change me i don't know we still have a couple more bosses to go i'm sure and uh more weapons to unlock and then i also uh downloaded the code for uh breath of the wild hyrule calamity to age of chaos sequel i found that when you don't remember the name you should just butcher it a lot because then it can seem like you're being cheeky instead of just negligent 
<laughs> also what I do. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, go ahead, Tom. Real quick, I'll, I'll just say, Brendan, you're not alone in that because Hades is the type of game that like, like getting comfortable with Hades and learning to play Hades is like learning how to juggle where it's like you just cannot juggle and you just drop the balls and it's awful and you're practicing and you do not be, you can't juggle. And then you wake up the next day or like some other, like a week later and you try to juggle and you're like, oh, I can juggle now. Like, huh, that's cool. And like, it just happens at a certain point and it's very hard to tell when. I think it's also like juggling in the sense that if you know someone who can do it, they never stop talking about it. And that's been my experience. Um, but much like Brendan, I too was like, I'm going to play this at some point. And then I'm like, oh, look, I'm on again next week. I really should. And I, I even went next level. Like I really just like buried myself because I'm like on Friday, I was like, I'm downloading it. Y'all like, look at me. I am. I can play games. And then like the weekend passed and I'm like, I didn't play any of this game. So yesterday I sat in my little chair and I was like, all right, we're going to do this. Um, so I'm now playing Hades officially. I have done a total of two runs. I am very much at that point Brendan was before where it's, I acknowledge this is good. Uh, it hasn't clicked for me yet. I am surprised that I've um, taken to it a lot quicker than like, I tried playing like Bastion a long time ago and I wasn't into that. Uh, so when Tom was like, the combat's kind of similar in a way, I'm like, mm, that's not good <laughs> for me personally. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was really like intuitive. Um, I'm sort of I, like on NBC, the Slack where we like talk about stuff. Some of y'all have like dropped your tips and stuff and I'm kind of saving those for like if I feel like glancing at them because I just want to see what is it like to just jump into this. And I found it really intuitive, really fun. I think the music is really good. Um, I only got to the first boss and died. Um, I don't know if that is like a good pacing to be at. Like we'll see. I'm going to try a couple of other runs and see how it goes. Um, the only weapon I've used so far is like the one you start off with and then I also unlock the bow. Uh, the bow was cool. Just cheese, cheese my way from a distance. Just spam that special attack. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I'm running into that thing where like the the like easy enemy is just the death of me. Those little floating skulls. I'm like, I can't, I can't <laughs> I do it. Dash into a spike trap and go like, why did I just come here? I'm dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I do that a lot too. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a fun time. I'm also playing the Pathless over on PS5. Um, and then I have this big like chart of games i need to be playing tomorrow apparently i'm playing half-life alex according to my planner i'm not trying to beat these games because i think someone was like you're trying to beat demon souls in half a day i'm like no i'm not um i'm trying to like play mitchell saltzman did it in like 12 hours he, in well, hours, the man's I'm a monster saltzman, but i will call him in to be himself in, mm -hmm. in my place when needed um yeah it is some one could I can't and I will not. Um, so I have all those kind of on the table. Like I'm just trying to like clear out these game of the year notable contenders and like give everybody a chance. And, like I got all these codes and now I'm looking at this eShop sale. Like sure, let's buy more stuff because um, I just can't contain myself. So that's that's what I'm slowly working my way through. Uh, I want to close up the show by briefly talking about what we are thankful for or grateful for in the world of Nintendo and also just gaming wise in general. Uh, Brendan, are you down to kick us off with what you're sure. grateful for? Um, I'm thankful and grateful that Nintendo decided to delay Animal Crossing to its destined date of March when we needed it most. Because if we had gotten that game early, maybe it would have the same effect. I think uh, that that time when people needed something to bond together over uh, can't be overstated enough. So thanks, Nintendo. Thanks for delaying games. Tom, what about you? I'm just thankful for how much cool stuff there is right now. I don't know. It just feels like a really fun time to be into this hobby and have people to talk about it with. And I'm grateful for people who enjoy that in a positive way and spreading good feels and welcoming positivity rather than enjoying it in a gatekeepy way. So thank you. Yes, Brian. Um, I want to, I, I guess I want to thank Nintendo for, for celebrating Mario's birthday this year. Like this was a crappy year and uh, anybody celebrating their birthday this year felt like weird and selfish and it was awkward because you couldn't really have people over. But Nintendo, uh, with some hiccups, of course, managed to celebrate Super Mario for a couple of months straight this year. They did uh, some really, really cool stuff. They put out a bunch of classic Mario games on Switch. They put out the Game & Watch, which I love. They put out those Mario pins, which were a big pain to get, but... They happened. Um, Super Mario 35 was great. Like, there was just a lot of really cool stuff 
that happened this year around one of my favorite game franchises and one of my favorite characters. And um, that was awesome. That was a nice distraction from like the, all the misery and, and pain and all that was still there, obviously. But Mario, everyone loves Mario. <laughs> I, I personally love piling Mario on top of the pain and just pushing it down as far as I possibly can. Yeah, flatten it like a Goomba. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that what we've been like, told all along? Mm-hmm. Just turn in, just turn to a statue and let the pain pop through you. <laughs> um, for me, fly I'm over the pain. Hover right over there. Just the clap on and go through the pain. Pain will slide right through it. Just spring your way into a new dawn. Um, for me, I'm definitely grateful for Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Uh, I adore that game. That was my first Animal Crossing game ever, and I've really taken to it. Uh, I'm especially grateful because I started streaming with it and i've just enjoyed building that community and just like gaming in a new way and kind of experiencing that through a new lens um and then generally gaming wise i'm really grateful for this uh new current generation of ps5 and series x it's super exciting to be into games right now but it's also super exciting for me as someone who's in games media and covering this like i'm like looking for this sounds weird but like i'm looking forward to like looking back on this and like really reflecting on the okay what are the top ps5 games what are the best series x games like what are going to be the best games of this generation what are going to be the best games of the 2020 decade um chunk of time and like really knowing that because i'm you know i'm fairly young i'm like 26 i'm just starting my career here and like being able to feel like okay i'm now on like the ground floor of a thing is is just so exciting to me um like i'm so humbled and happy and like just grateful to be here like getting a console pre-launch like i remember getting my first like pre-launch game and like having an embargo and being really excited it was for like some mobile game i think it was the the laura croft tomb raider game and that meant so much to me like all these little you know milestones mean the world to me so like getting my ps5 early and being part of that team with brendan and everybody else it was just like wow we're here we're doing it we're like you know doing it at like what is the biggest site in games like that hypes me up so much and means so much to me and just like being here with all of you and having y'all here for the switch and like the the super switch pro cardboard edition or whatever the hell comes out next and just having like a group to celebrate and enjoy and criticize and analyze that with like i am so grateful for that this year and i am forever grateful for that so thank you all for being here all of you out there for listening that's about all the time we have for this week's NBC. That was that was beautiful, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> thank that you. that was that was infectious. I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Um, thank you for that. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that so much. And a big thanks to Logan Plant, our NVC assistant, our producer today, Tayo, for jumping in on this, this very unconventional recording time with us. Remember, you can reach us at the email nvc at ign.com or hit us up on the N- Nintendo voice chat podcast forums on Facebook. And most importantly, remember, this is the only place where you can. Get the thing. Oh, it's so cute. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.